Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making your second half of life even better than the first. As we look around us today, there's no question this is a time of great transition. For baby boomers, like me, it's the inevitable transition to the end of our generation's presence and influence, a passing of our lives, as well as a symbolic passing of the church and of our legacy to the next generations. It's also a time of immense disruption, tectonic shifts in our economy, our society, the war abroad, political divisions at home, a worldwide pandemic, and climate change. Of course, such disruption can also open up opportunities for new and sometimes surprising opportunities in life. But it also precipitates a profound loss, sense of loss and grieving at many levels, starting with our families. In today's conversation, I'll be talking with Susan Caperso, the owner of East End Doula Care here on Long Island, New York, who is widely recognized for her remarkable work guiding and supporting individuals and their families emotionally, practically, and spiritually through an end-of-life journey. A three-time author, Susan is the creator of the Healing Bowl, uh, Healing Garden Bowl, a bowl filled with Long Island stones with inspiring messages for you to gift to a friend when they're, they're going through a personal challenge. Susan facilitates family grief ceremonies in the comfort of your home, as well as virtually. She's the creator of, of Legacy, a leg- well, it's, it's called a Legacy Creator, and she'll talk about the story of me, a project she brings to families that is not only a passion of hers, but one that can change the personal history for every one of our listeners today. These are challenging transitions, but also part of life's natural journey. And if we address them with care and openness, they can provide an invaluable opportunity to support and honor both ourselves and our loved ones. So now it's a pleasure to introduce my guest, Susan Caperso. Susan, welcome to the show. Ron, thank you very much for having me. What a beautiful introduction, and it's great to be here with you today. Yes, and, and may I say, actually, for the for our, our, our audience, welcome back, because you've been here before. This is a performance. You were here more than a year ago, but a lot's happened in a year, and uh, uh, there's lots we can talk to since that time, because you sure. have new programs and, and, th- and things that you're working on. So, But before we get into them, um, uh, for our audience who may have missed our previous programs, and a lot them know when that previous episode was during one of our breaks, uh, but just give us give them a little bit of a view about how you got to be uh, an end of life doula. It's a very it's an interesting job. It involves a lot of different components. So so tell us a little bit about your own personal journey to this place where you are now. Well, thank you, Ron. Um, yeah, it sure was a journey. So I've been in the flower business since the day I turned sixteen. Wow, beautiful business. Um, owned a shop of my own for a while and eventually went to work for Mm -hmm. 1-800-Flowers.com, working with all their franchises around the United States. And it was a stressful job. And my face was in spreadsheets all the time. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was something more to life in my second half, as you talk about, but I just wasn't sure what that was yet. And then my husband passed away at age 52. This was eight years ago mm-hmm. of the flu, the regular flu, wow. believe it or not. Um, and I spent 55 days with him in the university hospital. And 
it was that was the beginning of my incredible journey. Mm-hmm. He had passed, and within a two-year period after that, I lost an additional thirteen people in my life, close wow. people, like my mother, my sister, my brother, my aunt and uncle, my cousins, my best friends, my two neighbors. Although they were wow. ninety-nine years old and passed two weeks apart, they lived a nice, full life, but. I knew somehow through all these losses that we just weren't doing dying right. Mm-hmm. And there there needed to be other things that we can do to help um, to help grieve, to help with the healing process, and to help us move forward in life with each other as a family, not individuals by ourselves, you know, alone right. in the journey. Right. right. So that's where I got started. And I heard about an end of life doula and said, oh, I have some experience in this realm now. And I looked into it and I soon became certified and I started my practice now about four to five years ago. Mm-hmm. I started looking into this and here I am today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's, uh, well, many people are more familiar with a birthing doula. I think mm-hmm. now an end of life doula is coming into focus as, you know, unfortunately, Unfortunately, a lot of it's, you know, the pandemic all of a sudden has has shined a light on the fact that, holy cow, you know, there is a lot of grief and loss around us and uh, people are not prepared for it. And, and, uh, you know, I I think that, um, you know, in in terms of moving forward, you know, I think people, you know, you're, you know, a, a legacy creator. And I think that um, uh, one of the things that people have thought about in terms of, you know, preparing for eventualities or sudden losses is, you know, in a financial sense, you know, that they look at their estate, they look at their their paperwork, their advanced directives, but they don't look at your concept of legacy is very different. So talk a a little bit about that. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention, though, about doulas, Ron, that mm-hmm. you'll see more and more doulas that are certified and coming to the to, to the table now okay. to help not only the individual, but families navigate this time. OK, so like birthing doulas brought babies into the world in a warm celebratory way. That's what end of life doulas do for the whole entire family. OK, um, I even help fulfill bucket lists and do life reviews and make amends with other people. Anything undone. Okay. to help that person come full circle and bring some peace into their life before they go. Okay. And it relieves a lot of anxieties within the family and knowing what's to come and what's going to happen next. Right. So right. different doulas specialize in different areas, Ron. And yeah. mine happens to be a legacy work because so important to me, uh, a legacy, what does that word mean, Ron? It means to gift. It means mm-hmm. to gift. And I feel that by people living a creative legacy, like the one we're talking about here, it's one of the most valued treasures that any one of us possess, including all your bank accounts and all the jewelry in your box. Mm -hmm. So a creative legacy is something tangible that a person can hold in their hands that will provide them not only healing and comfort when you're gone, but it'll provide you wise words and education year after year and generation after generation. And, you know, you could think of it this way. We all have favorite authors that we love, right? And we heed their advice and we follow them and read their books. But what happens when they leave the world? And they eventually will. We continue to pick up their books, to read, to listen, to review, and follow their advice as if they're a close friend. Right. Now, 
every one of your listeners here has that gold nugget that they can pass on right. to their families because you have a lifetime of learning experience and advice that you can offer. You can help so many people moving forward just by sharing the contributions that you made in your lifetime and share it, Ron, with your very old bloodline, your own bloodline, right. these future generations that you're never going to get a chance to meet. Right, right. So a creative legacy is really a reminder of who you are, what you loved, the things that were most important to you. and now and in the future. It's about what made you happy along the way. It's right. about your entire story. What kept you physically, emotionally, and spiritually tethered to this earth? Right. You right. know, we make yeah. powerful connections with our future generations by, by leaving this. You're, you're leaving them roots, you're leaving your heritage, and you're validating their existence in the world. Right. You're right. giving them more confidence. And this is an extraordinary gift. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we can get back to some of the, the, the multifaceted ways you support families, including this. But I think you're absolutely right, is that, you know, we, you know, when we think back as terms of, you know, what we leave behind, uh, people want to know, well, who were you? You know, I think that there are so many instances, right, where, um, you know, you you go to memorial services, you know, and people talk about the person who's passed and you're like, wow, I never knew all that. I never knew any of that mm -hmm. stuff. And so sometimes you get an opportunity to find out about people, but you don't get to really hand off that legacy if you don't think about it ahead of time. That's right. And, and of course, you know, you, you can do this when someone is in the last portion of their life. Uh, but you also do it um, uh, in, in anticipation of that. You don't have to be <laughs> on the verge of passing to think about this. This is something that actually we could all be doing, you know, before then, you know, as of we think course. about these. If, if we're thinking about our second half of life and many of us are, are sort of retired or half retired, what are you doing during this period? Well, how about how about that? How about doing something like that? That's right. And, you know, think of some of the things we've tackled already, Ron. Think of it this way. So we found love in our life through the years, right? We maintain balanced relationships. We discovered different kinds of work that we love. We raised children that hopefully turned out well and enjoy your company and like being with you. We've learned to grow older, maybe a little more gracefully without so much anxiety. And you know, we're reaching that stage in our lives now where we have a little more completion and fulfillment. And these are things that we're knowledge about, things that we've already done and been through. So where are other people, where are our future generations supposed to find these answers along the way? And how do we possibly live that well-rounded life in a shorter period of time when we didn't get that extra textbook in school showing us how to do that? Right. Nobody gave us this guidance, Ron. There's no classes that I know of that where we can learn practical tips and lifelong advice. Right. And it's up to us. It's up to us to do the reading, attend seminars, self-growth, listening to wonderful radio shows like yours, Ron, mm -hmm. right? And, right. And, and teaching our communities better ways that we can grow. But wouldn't it be even more wonderful, Ron, to have this guidance and support 
from our own ancestors, right. from our right. own bloodline. Yeah. And you've talked about that it's really a responsibility for every one of us to do this, to educate our future families, right? It is. You know, we tend to worry about our health, our children, our marriages, our jobs. And but where can we really find that lived reality mm-hmm. about life? You know, one that has stood the test of time, one that has made it through, one that can help us figure out how to make the best of our lives. So as as we age, right, we've gone through rights and wrongs and how we could have done things better or differently, but there's a much bigger picture because you know, Ron, as we age, we begin to appreciate the small pleasures in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We begin to slow down a little, little, you know, and we become the experts and, Learning this, these things can help a person become the best that they can be a little bit earlier, right. earlier in their journey. And I, I really want your listeners to think about this one and think about that it is a responsibility to your family members and to your own future generations. Mm-hmm. So they have some answers to these questions and they don't have so many doubts in their life. And you could do this. You could all do this today. I wish I had a book from one of my great, 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 great ancestors mm-hmm. on the table. Did I look like her? Did I think like her? It would give me more confidence to know that she made it through. And so will I. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, people, you know, when I talk to some elder law attorneys, they, you know, they talk about when they sit down with clients who are worried about, you know, putting together plans, uh, you know, for when they pass, you know, and that people are obviously uh, often feeling uncomfortable, anxious about even engaging in this conversation. But but when they're finished with it, uh, you know, the lawyer will often say, well, when they come out there, there's a sense of relief. There's a sense of calm, like, OK, sure. it's it, I put this in place. I feel better. And I think that people might feel the same way about once they finish this process with you um, about, you know, a sense of, OK, that's, you know, a that's little bit continued. of a de-stressor. Yeah, that's done. That's, you know, or it, it may continue, but at least a good piece of it is done and that you've really accomplished something and, and done you know, something. It's a, it's a huge accomplishment, Ron. I worked with a client just most recently and she was 92. Mm-hmm. And I delivered the book and she held this book in her hand for two weeks, showing everybody that came in and out of the door. This is the story of my life. Look at this is who I am. This is what I was made of. And two weeks later, she had passed away. Wow. And the family, I went to the funeral and the family stood up there talking about her eulogy and said, thank God Susan came in and did what she did, because this is a treasure for our family, for her Mm -hmm. great grandchildren that are so young and will never get to know her. And now they will. And, you know, as older people now, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, over 50s, right? Right, right. Over 50-something, we can bring that experience to the table. We've lived longer lives. We've proved to be smarter. We solve problems now, and we make better decisions than we did when we were younger. And we can offer that unique sense of guidance and support to family members. And sure, our younger generations can listen to Ram Das and his wide wor- wise mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Or they can listen to yours. Right. So older generations do have this rare golden opportunity to pass on these lessons to help your families thrive right. in this difficult world. 
Right, right. So we're going to have a break pretty soon, but I want to at least start um, talking a little bit about some of the um, the actual process of how you do this. Okay. So, yeah, how do you uh, how, how do you start the process? You know, if I said you listen, Susan, I'd like to I'd like to create my my legacy book. You know, how do I start? Okay, so I've worked with younger people. I'm just finishing up with a 40-something-year-old, believe it or not. She has her reasons for doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with 90-something-year-olds. So I come into wherever you are in your timeline. It's a four-week project, and we could get together on Long Island in person or virtually, just like this, a conversation over the computer. Mm -hmm. And I, ta I take your audio after about 10 hours of conversations wow. of asking you questions and prompting you back into yesterday today, today, and tomorrow. That's how I separate my three sections. And I take all that and weave it and design it into this beautiful creation for you to pass pass down to your family. Mm -hmm. And what is it, it? I guess it could be a scrapbook, right? It could be like a compilation of audios and videos or tapes? Well, no, no, no. So the story of me is okay. just that. It's a 12 by 12 hardcover book. Oh, okay. There's over 50 pages in it, but the pages are like those new wedding pages that they don't rip. They're like right. cardboard now. Right. So they, they'll stand the test of hundreds of years to come, more okay. than that. Right. And I combine that with words and text and a story and I... I'm the ghostwriter, so to speak. So everything is in your words right. and I combine it with photos as well. So right. it's a beautiful compilation that they'll have for a long time. I used to just audio run and then give the family members little, you know, the little USB things that you mm -hmm. can just stick in your computer. But there's something so powerful about having this tangible treasure in your hands right right yeah. okay well listen we're, we have much more to talk about but we're going to take a quick break now so when we come back folks we'll be talking much more with susan caperso about the end of life journey and her role as an end of life doula so don't go anywhere become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. 
Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Susan Caparso, an end-of-life doula. Before the break, we were talking about one of her signature projects, helping people put together the story of me. Uh, so I, I wanted to continue talking about that a bit. And uh, um, and you and I have talked before about the importance of uh, thinking about doing these kinds of projects sooner rather than later, because uh, the unexpected can happen without a moment's notice. So uh, I know people don't want to think about that, but what can you tell us about you know that process? Well, Ron, we don't want to think about the unexpected things that happen in our life. Nobody does. Right. right? So they just don't think about those things. But they happened. This is this is they happen. This is reality. And we're generally all here for about 100 years. We know this. Mm -hmm. Okay, but things happen in an instant. You know, my husband was six foot eight, almost 300 pounds. And he was the life of every party, including my living room. He made us laugh. And and it was life was just very different different with his presence around. And suddenly he just gets the flu one weekend and, and needed to go to the hospital, was having a hard time breathing. Mm -hmm. And he was only 52. Wow. Okay. So his great grandchildren and great grandchildren will never get to hear his historical, hysterical memories and <laughs> stories and comedic nature that he can bring to the table because I can't possibly do that. I, right. I remember some of them, but I didn't share in them. My, my feet were not in his shoes as he went through this. So only you can tell the stories. Right. My sister, 10 years younger than me, she had three children, that little children that she left behind because she fell and had an accident and hit her head. And she left the world much too soon. But now her children won't get to know her. And she right. never thought anything would happen like this until she was well into old age. You know, my my aunt suddenly received an early a dementia diagnosis mm -hmm. and she can't share the unique stories about her and my uncle and all the traveling they did all the over the years just because she can't with mm -hmm. this diagnosis, you know, with, you know, with all the people you talk to, the, right. the memory issues that set in and, and you just won't have that capability from one day to the other. And, you know, there's so many other examples, but just know that, you know, th these things, these things happen. These things happen. And I have so many clients that hear me speak or reach out to me and said, I wish I could have done this with my parent, or I wish I could have done this with my grandparent. And they get emotional about it. And they sure. do want to, they want all that history. Mm -hmm. Young people, my 21 year old niece, we found a letter from a great, great aunt that she read and she had tears in her eyes. And I said, Julia, why, you know, why is this affecting you so emotionally like this? She said, because this was my ancestor. This is where I came from, and I want to know more. Right. So right. things happen, and you need to think about it while you're really healthy and vibrant today. Yeah. So I say if you're over the age of 65, you have enough stories and memories and experiences to share with the world. Right, right. And I think you, you do learn a lot about the process and just going through it. I mean, I think that you learn yourself in doing it for yourself. You know, it's an opportunity kind of to engage with others, to find out things, to ask questions of others as, as you put this together. Um, you know, it seems like a real uh, opportunity for, for, for growth in terms of Definitely. understanding yourself and understanding, you know, your Definitely. relationship to people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it also lets you review and reflect on mm -hmm. how far you've come. Right. 
you know, and that's the beautiful part that, you know, you don't, you only think of your history and your past in a certain way and one way in your mind, in your own thoughts, your everyday waking thoughts that you can right. repeat yourself 500 times. Right. But when you see the whole timeline and the whole picture that, wow, you raised five beautiful children and, you know, you were the light of the neighborhood and had all the kids come in and cook for them every night and shared some of your recipes in this. And when you realize, wow, I've done a lot in my life and I'm talking, I work with people who haven't been successful in the business world and haven't accomplished things and gotten awards and done all kinds of amazing things. The simple things in life, right? but the important things that need to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it sort of takes you, you know, when you go through this experience of sitting down looking at old photo albums, you know, so there's, it evokes a lot of things in there you know, about the experiences sure. where you were, what you did, but what you're doing takes it to another level where it's, it's not just like, well, that's an interesting photo. Well, that was a great trip, but it's, it, it's like, well, what really mattered to me, you know, and things that's right. that, you know, what were my favorite song? I mean, like, I know a little bit about my parents' favorite songs, but if you really if, to sat down with them and ask them, you know, and had that opportunity to engage in that conversation, that would have been fabulous, you know, to really do that more, you know, and, and now I'm trying to recoup somewhat, you know, we have all these albums and we have, you know, letters and, and cards and things. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to sit down this summer with my brothers to do this, Sure. Um, but to have done it prospectively going forward, I think that would bring the, the most value. But so, so, you know, what's great, Ron, is the questions aren't matter of factly questions. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe at the, on the very first page. We want to know where you live and when you were born and your parents and things like that. But then the questions are so much deeper and and they're questions like, you know, what did you value the most in your lifetime? What Mm -hmm. brought you the most excitement as you were getting older? And these simple questions, um, they're not just answered with one sentence. People go on tangents Mm-hmm. Because they start remembering. Right, right. And all of this flows. And, and that's the important part of my audio. Okay. So even though we've spent 10 action-packed hours together, the real part is coming home now and weaving this into your story, mm-hmm. you know, and getting it all in writing, as you right. know how powerful writing is. Ron. Right, right. So let's just transition a little bit to, um, so, you know, you, you have a lot of other, um, as they say, tools in your toolbox, you know, mm-hmm. therapeutic tools. Um, and so some of them, you know, involve, um, you know, the story of me, but you also, let's talk a little bit about some of the things like your, um, your healing bowl, you know, What's the, the healing garden came to fruition and, and only probably about six months ago. Okay. So being in with East End Dola Care, you know, these past years, I've wanted to offer some kind of product on my website, mm-hmm. something that can really help people um, in their process, whether it's grieving before a loss, after a loss. And I never knew quite what that would be. Right. And then I came up with the idea um, because I meditate. Mm-hmm. and visualize and I know how important it is for people to just sit still and right. be mm-hmm. and learn how to deep breathe I mm-hmm. know that it how it changes your whole 
a whole gamut of things, you know, your mm-hmm. blood pressure, your, it stops your mind from racing and does wonderful things. And I didn't, still didn't know what that product would be. And I did come up with a bowl that's filled with Long Island stones that, yes, I picked each stone myself as I travel mm-hmm. around Long Island. And I put inspirational messages on them. Okay. And uh, I, I resin them and they're nice and shiny and glossy to the touch. And they're in a beautiful bowl that you keep on your end table. And I have instructions on them each morning for five minutes. You meditate and sit and be still and reflect on the message for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Anybody could do this for five minutes and then do it again for five minutes at night. And it does help relax you and ha- takes your mindset into a different uh, practice. And I really believe in this. I've come up with five themes since I started. Uh, One is for grieving, of course. There's one Mm -hmm. for pet loss. Uh, That's very big. Uh, People love their pets, we know. One is for the caregiver. Caregivers are not appreciated like they need to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, One is for a cancer diagnosis, and one is for spirituality with some Mm -hmm. scriptures on there as well. Right, right. Now, do you, um, when a person's interested, do you sort of sit down with them and figure out what kinds of messages to put on there, depending upon the person? No, I I don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. I I took a long time to come up with, I have a dozen stones in each Mm -hmm. bowl, and I came up with a long time. I mean, I I researched and it took me a long time to come up with these certain messages. Okay. So they're already on there for that particular theme. However, there is a place that you can, if you'd like, I can make personal messages that you can put on the rocks as well. That is an option. Yeah. 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 I think there is something very um, profound about the the tactile sensation of being able to to touch something as you think of something. And I think that that's an interesting notion. I mean, I, um, I often, you know, when, when I've gone on trips, you know, I, I, I've, you know, taken rocks home from me, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that rock was from Sedona. That rock was from here. That rock was there. That's and, right. We all and, do. Yeah. You got to be careful. Some places you're not yes. supposed to take rocks. So, do, not take right, rock. do not take rocks from here. <laughs> I know. Your own garden. But I, but I think that that's, it's a, it's a nice idea. I think it's very effective. Um, so, and Thank so this you. is something you've done just started the last year or so right is that right oh yeah it's fairly new um Mm -hmm. i would say even just four or five months now okay you know but i have it going on etsy and i do sell it off my website as well and and i'm getting some really nice reviews right right yes and people are sending them to men which i i you know i was surprised a little bit at first Mm -hmm. you know but yeah there are zen-like men who want to sit and meditate as well right 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 yeah yeah so we'll we'll uh, say it again at the end of the show but but you said to get on your website what what is your website just so we can tell people well, the easiest way to get on, and I just realized that my name was pointed to my website. So okay. you can just type in Susan Caperso, mm-hmm. um, dot com. Okay. So it's Susan C A P U R S O dot com. Okay. And you'll it'll take you right to my website as well. Great. Sometimes with the East End Doula Care site, there's two D's in there and, and oh, people okay. don't always put them in. So Okay. Yeah. So you'll get site not found, right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, oh, so, so we talked about the healing garden. Now, what about your, um, your family grief ceremonies? Talk about that a bit. Ron, I'm so excited. And this is really new this year as well. 
you know, when I went through all my losses, mm-hmm. I felt like there in the world, there were two things I could have done. I could have gone to a bereavement group or one-on-one counseling. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't opt for the one-on-one counseling, but I figured I'd give the bereavement group a try. Right. They're great. There are wonderful ones out there. This particular one was a little overwhelming for me. And, hmm. and there were just too many stories that were making me sadder than when I first walked in the door. And it just was not for me. So I continued for a little while. Had I stopped that and maybe went to another group, it would have worked out wonderfully. But it, that wasn't for me either. So what I find with not only me, but a lot of people that I've, I've crossed their journey, they grieve alone. Mm. They grieve alone and they don't necessarily do it together as a family. So the whole concept of the family grief ceremony, which I come to your home in the safe space of your own home. I haven't um, done any virtually yet, but I know that I can. Okay, so that's a, a really wonderful thing. And it's a two hour gathering with only your closest family members or the closest people to the person who's passed. So I don't mm. want neighbors and people down the road and I right. want the closest people. So maybe a circle of about a dozen people. Okay. And I bring 20 tools into that gathering. So one by one, we do each one of these rituals where we end up talking about the person we've lost and telling stories and doing um, different types of writing messages. I have disintegratable paper. Mm-hmm. Disintegratable? Right. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, right? I think so. Um, and they put it in a bowl of water and the messages kind of disintegrate oh, into the universe. Dissolve. But it's something maybe that you haven't told that person at the end of their life. We do things with candles and golden uh golden ribbon that we wrap around our wrists and there's many um like i said over 20 things there's a meditation there's some readings and so forth but what i'm finding is that this gives families a foundation for to start that healing process Mm -hmm. together as a unit instead of being so alone right and this is important to have that that support and guidance. And honestly, Ron, I didn't. Many things happened in my family circle. Right. Right. One family moved away. One one family member became addicted and then divorced, and it changed the whole dynamics of spending holidays wow. now. And things changed, and it just it. I felt like it was all wrong. Right. You know, when you love each other, you can go through this together too, this challenge in life, and you can do it together as a unit. And that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is, you know, a real issue of, you know, grieving alone these days. I think people feel sometimes feel uncomfortable. Um, They don't know how to really do it, you know, together. So I think there there is a a little, you know, the facilitation that you offer to to people, I think, helps because otherwise the tendency is, I think, is just you just don't know what to do. Right. So also at the end of the the ceremony, I Mm -hmm. give them suggestions and ideas on how to keep this going. You know, and that's the important thing, not to let it go, to keep that family unit together. Right. Right. When you're going through the process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, at least, you know, some of the positive things have come out of the pandemic is just a realization about the kind of the, the impact of social isolation. And I think that, you know, how do you 
break through that. I, I think uh, for, for a lot of seniors, too, as, as you get older, you tend to be more isolated. And I think that, you know, even not necessarily grieving the passing of someone, but, you know, grieving the hardships in your own life. I think that there's there's a, you know, an aspect of how do you do that? And I think most people just tend to, you know, try to be the, the rugged individual American, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being rugged and, and, and taking right. responsibility for yourself, but recognizing that we are together and that, um, you know, now, are you doing this also more with um, f- friends as well as family members? Or do, or what, what's the relationship of you know, others outside the family? I guess it, it, you sort of keep it for close friends right i mean it's not well as far as if you mean do you mean for my family no no for no no for okay yeah so yeah i mean some people don't have a lot of family members so Mm -hmm. the circle might be immediate friends Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. my my point is and i and i discuss this with the host whoever's setting up the gathering okay the whole point is that I want really every person that walks through that door mm-hmm. to have loved this person and miss this person right. and have stories to tell, not just to come and watch what's happening. Right. I want them to be engaged and I want them to take part in every step of the ceremony, you know, all the rituals and not, you know, it's important. It's important for you to feel that loss and that mourning and that you're grieving yourself. Right. It's really important. So I even help set up the the invitation and each person that comes needs to, needs to come in a certain serene way. Right. Um, and bring three things with them when they mm-hmm. come to the gathering, because that will be part of our, our process as well. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And I think that this is, you know, going to be, uh, an important element uh, going forward too, because I, you know, I, I know from conversations with others that, um, you know, a third of our senior population is aging alone, <laughs> so they need to find a way to reconnect with their their families and friends, you know, even if they're not living with them or right next to them. So, um, so listen, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah, no, and I agree that was well said, you know, but it really takes a person to step up and be the mindful one and right. and want to focus on this and right. want to bring the family together right. and to take the steps to in- implement it. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're going to, Susan, we just, we're going to take another quick break, Okay. Um, but we'll be right back folks. So don't go anywhere. We have a lot more to talk about in our last segment with Susan Caperso. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're talking today with end-of-life doula Susan Caverso. Uh, before the break, we were talking about um, her uh, healing garden, her family grief ceremony, a lot of her projects and, and uh, programs. Uh, so I wanted, in our last segment, I wanted to just uh, give her an opportunity to tell us a little bit more uh, about how people can, you know, sort of an actionless, how people can get started themselves on these various things. That's great. Thank you, Ron. So, I have about five different ways that you can Mm -hmm. get started on your own journey. And the first would be to jump on my website, susancaperso.com, and I have a free legacy starter kit on there. Mm -hmm. So it's a bunch of documents and that you can download onto your computer. And I I start you with some of the questions that you can print out and fill out. Or secondly, you can have a friend help you. Find a, a, a good friend or a family member, even. Even the, your grandchildren. This would be a great project to do with your grandchildren if you have them, you know, and spend time with them and connect and have them ask you some questions. There are many books in uh, on Amazon, on Barnes, you know, at Barnes and Nobles, all about leaving your story and leaving some memories down. Hmm. So you can pick up one of these books or you can go on Amazon on my website and pick up Remember Me, The Story of My Life. And that's filled with prompts that I wrote that will get you started on that journey too. Um, and another thing you can do is really pick up a, a journal for yourself. And it can be a, a black and white marble notebook that your kids had in the closet, but it can be a beautiful journal, one that you like to touch and pick up every night. And even if you filled in a couple sentences each night, eventually you're gonna have something really nice in there, but break it into three sections, okay? So talk about yesterday, talk about today, and then have a section in there about tomorrow. Hmm. So start with yesterday, you know, talk about, think about your earliest childhood memories, 
Think about the things that were on your wall when you were five years old and the toys that you love to play with. And just think of every memory that you possibly can. And as you're writing, something magical starts to happen. You might just be answering the question that you think you're writing about, but then you'll start to go off on a tangent and the memories will just naturally flow. This is how it happens. And we don't think it will because we're so used to thinking of our same memories every day, Mm -hmm. right? But that will happen. Keep it on the coffee table and one or two nights a week while you're watching TV, jot down a couple things. You know, all in all, you could pick up the phone and give me a call and ask me for more information regarding the project. Of course, you can do that. Right. It's just it's a really fun project. And I know with my clients, it it gives people something to look forward to every week, too. Right. I have a lot of grandchildren that are buying this gift for their parents or their or their Mm. grandparents, you know, and I and I can send them a gift certificate as well for this because. That's I like who you to are. know that it was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and so you have a number of books that are out there. So you've got the um, Remember Me, uh, uh-huh. but you have um, The Sands of Time, right? Right. The Sands of Time is one. No, not The Sands of Time. Coming Full Circle, Ron. That's the name of the book. It's okay. one, 100 Tools, Tips, and Ideas to Bring into Your Life at the End of Life right. When You Have a Terminal Diagnosis. Okay. So there's a hundred things to go through, all different kinds of niche okay. topics. Okay. Um, the Sands of Time, you're, you're thinking of my YouTube channel. Oh, your YouTube channel. I see. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I started this with a lovely woman, Lisa. We started over oh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. We have about 56 videos up there right now okay. talking about topics that people just don't want to talk about mm. or that you don't hear about anywhere else. Right. And it's just a conversation, but we talk about before end of life during you know mm-hmm. a transition when somebody's is passing and then after after right. they pass as well right right and you can and, find that information on my on my website as okay. well okay okay so susancaperso.com right right um now just going back a little bit to um th- this time you know when you're you're working with families so you could be working the leg on uh, you know the the legacy you know, stuff the story of me but also so you're working with families i know that you you're also trained as a, as a hosp- hospice prof- uh, volunteer right right um so and talk a little bit before we we uh, come to the end of the show, just a little bit about how you work with families during that time. Um, when Okay. And that's a, that's a really good question, um, Ron. And hospice is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I tell people about hospice. I'm a volunteer for East End Hospice on the mm-hmm. East End of Long Island. And hospice offers you a great team of five that come into your world and your family's world and help you tremendously um, with anything. And, And it doesn't have to be, please know that it doesn't have to be the last few weeks of life. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have a year diagnosis. As right. long as you have the diagnosis, they can. And the sooner you get a hospice team to come come in, the more comfortable your life will be. However, I've been volunteering for hospice now for six, seven years, and it's a law, a New York State law, that as a volunteer, I can only spend two hours a week okay. with the person. And what can be done in two hours a week? Tell me. 
right. usually it's it's respite so the the family member can go shopping or go grocery shopping or right. run some errands and that's really not enough time for me to work on the important things that you need to button up life and that's where my doula work can come in but right now until hospices and hospitals are on board and i'm working to do that as we speak mm-hmm. um right now it's they're two separate entities in my world anyway right right you know so i wear my hospice hat when i'm with a, a patient and then i wear my doula hat when i'm with a client right right but i think the the doula work i think is something people are less familiar with but it, in my mind um i don't want to say it is of substantial importance i mean the hospice work is important but i think that you know dealing with a lot of the emotional components of this period is something that you know hospice you know can be involved with but someone with your skills i think can really help guide people through this and also sort of um put it in a framework of um uh, of of this is still a vital part of the journey you know it's not um, it's not just a decline of course, uh, and it's the most important part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And you can do so many things during this last milestone to to really come full circle with your family and to help them grieve in a better, much more healthy way. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the biggest things that I do with a family is educate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I let them know, you know, as our bodies shut down, no matter what kind of diagnosis you have, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, our bodies shut down in the same way, or organs shut down in the same way. So when I can educate a family on this, and then months down the road, when a person's going through transition, and I hold their hand and I say, remember, we talked about this, mm-hmm. this, this will start to happen now. This is what you're going to see. This is what everybody will. And this is what we can do. Right. And it alleviates so much fear and anxiety within the family as a whole run. Right. Right. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a a separate process for after someone passes? Is there a follow up process of grieving with the family and counseling and uh, grievance sessions? Well, only up until now, there were only recommendations, you know, Mm -hmm. that I can give or resources that I can help them reach out to Um, until now when I certified in this family grief ceremonies. This is something that I can personally offer them and their family to help them walk, walk through this process. Right. Right. You know, and I've had somebody call me in a year after their loved one died. Because mm-hmm. it's still something it's, you know, there's right. no timeline on grief and it just doesn't go away like that. Right. So right. right. Anything and, you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who aren't in our areas, who's, I mean, obviously now the internet has given us some capability. These are the things that you can do virtually that, you know, um, yeah. years ago you couldn't do. Yeah. But, but how do people not only find you, but are there ways they can find doulas elsewhere in the country? There are. So there are a couple organizations right now. One is doulagivers.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. One is NEDA, N-E-D-A. Um, there are a few. All you have to do is a Google search for end-of-life doulas, okay. and you'll see the, the main. Um, and they have directories. 
you know, and and do certified doulas that have the the badge and all that. You'll see them in the directories, mm-hmm. and you can contact somebody in your area. Right. If you're at a loss, I mean, my phone number. I can give you my phone number, sure. and anybody can call me, and I can make that connection for them if they need help with that. My phone number is six three one nine four six eighty one hundred. Okay. And I will put that on my website, roelresources.com, click 45 forward, and people can find your episode. They can listen to the episode there too, as well as uh, your resources there. So I'll I'll have your phone number there if if people didn't have a chance to write that down. You know, if one good thing happened with the pandemic, Ron, many of us that provide services can now use Zoom. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, because I can do many of the things, including the book and and, uh, you know, coaching with the family when they're going through these times over Zoom. Right. Right. And you just mentioned, you know, you can find certified doulas just before we close just a little bit of background. So so what's involved in the certification process? People know. Well, most of the certifications are done actually in under a year. Okay. Okay. it's not it doesn't take many, many years. Um, and there, it's just like you're taking a college course. It really is. And you go through all the aspects of emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, everything that needs to be done. And it's a matter of videos and, and the right training and some, some you really need. And if you're interested in becoming a doula, this mm-hmm. is important to do your research. Okay. Because all of the organizations um, that are, are teaching now or for a few different things. You know, mm-hmm. they have their own style of teaching, just like schools are. Um, and find what's right for you. Find what feels good. Go with your gut. Go with your intuition. Or you can always reach out and I can and discuss things with you and help guide you in the right way. But also know that if you're ever looking for a doula with, for your own family or friends, to really... Um, interview you doula, mm-hmm. find out what they bring to the table. Many doulas specialize in many different things. Mine happens to be legacy, mm-hmm. creative legacy work because I write, I'm a writer. But other doulas, I've known a doula that was a massage therapist her whole life. So now she brings in the power of massage and touch therapy mm-hmm. into, in with her clients. I know another doula who was a veterinarian during her life. So she brings in pet therapies for her clients. Right. And so everybody specializes and has different branches of what they offer. Right. So Great. look for that and research. Great. Thanks so much. Well, Susan, once again, you've been a terrific guest with a really important message and information. Um, there's, we can keep talking. There's much more to talk about. But before we end, I just wanted to review a couple of things for our, our audience. Just again, people want to get in touch with you. The best way is uh, email and phone, right? Or just can they, can they just get your contact information from your website, Susan Caperso? Yeah, everything's on there. They can email me. My phone number's on there, 631-946-8100. Okay. Find my email on there and they can visit all the different um, types of things that we do. As right. That's great. That's great. Okay, folks. Well, again, uh, tell your friends if they miss uh, our conversation today with Susan, they can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com to search for my show, 45 Forward. Uh, you can also find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, or especially go to my website, roelresources.com, and just click on the 45 Forward tab. 
get some more information about Susan on my website. If you, uh, if you have um, comments or questions for me, you can email me at, at ron at rowellresources.com. Uh, and uh, be sure to join me uh, next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time, when I'll be talking with uh, Linda Gratton, one of the foremost global experts on the future of work, which is something that we've all been thinking about, as how, as we know, as the pandemic has changed the way we all work today. So until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.